Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast. I'm Lori Calvasina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Today in the podcast, we reflect on hot topics and some of the most interesting things we saw and heard last week for the early reporters, as well as in our high-frequency indicators. Three big things you need to know. First, the S&P 500 earnings backdrop has continued to soften, a problem for stocks in the very near term. Second, we review key themes we've been seeing and reading in our transcript review, which make the case for some near-term indigestion in the market as well. And third, we run through key developments in our high-frequency indicators, which generally tilt positive and add to our conviction that any near-term indigestion in stocks from earnings will be temporary. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other platforms. Now the details. Let's start with takeaway number one. In the stats and performance, we continue to see signs that the earnings backdrop for the S&P 500 is softening. 69% of companies that have reported so far are beating consensus earning forecasts, while 65% are beating consensus revenue forecasts. Both of these stats are tracking a little lower than the last reporting season. Meanwhile, the bottom-up consensus 2023 EPS forecast for the S&P has continued to creep lower and now stands at 226 for an implied year-over-year growth rate of about 2%. The deterioration in expectations has been broad-based by sector, excluding REITs, utilities, staples, and industrials, which are holding up. Interestingly, companies that have missed consensus earnings forecasts have underperformed significantly in terms of immediate stock price reaction so far. The companies that are beating expectations have been holding in nicely versus the broader market, but haven't outperformed as a whole. We're still optimistic that the earnings headwind for stocks could resolve in coming months, as we discussed last week in the podcast. The weakening trends in beat rates and negative stock price reactions we're seeing simply remind us that there's some indigestion we need to go through before we can get to that point. Moving on to takeaway number two. The commentary from the companies that reported last week was pretty mixed in my view and adds to the case for very near-term indigestion in terms of market performance. Four things jump out so far. First, some companies outside financials have been highlighting recent signs of slowing, which have generally been viewed as explainable and temporary. Second, while companies have been striking a confident tone, they've also been acknowledging rising uncertainty in the outlook that's impacting their ability to provide guidance. Third, some of the banks have continued to emphasize the strong starting points and ongoing strong positions for their own franchises, as well as as that of their consumer and corporate customers. But at the same time, they're giving a nod to building macro challenges. And fourth, the reopenings of China and capital markets deal-making activity generally are both being described as complicated affairs by the companies who are taking up these topics. On the latter, the reopening of capital markets deal-making activity, one of the things that's come through pretty clearly in the corporate commentary is that it's really the hits to CEO confidence that have been occurring. There's been an emphasis that the idea that pipelines do remain full. Wrapping up with takeaway number three, the most interesting updates on our high-frequency indicators generally tilt positive and add to our conviction that any near-term indigestion in the stock market from earnings will be a temporary affair. Let's start with sentiment. Investor sentiment continued to show signs of recovery off extremely low levels in last week's CFTC update on U.S. equity futures positioning. This was true for U.S. and non-U.S., as well as U.S. small cap and growth. 
Separately, the S&P 500 has continued to trade on the 2002-2003 path. We view both 2002, 2003, and today as similar periods of messy normalization following major crises. If the equity market continues down that path, history suggests we are due for another bout of weakness through March, at which point the October lows will be retested but not surpassed. After that retest, this chapter of the historical playbook suggests a true recovery in the S&P 500 can begin. And finally, economic surprises have finally shifted into negative territory in the U.S. We think that will put pressure on the Fed to ease up on its aggressive hiking program. It's worth noting that Senator Elizabeth Warren tweeted on January 13th, Fed Chair Powell should remember the Fed's dual mandate, fight inflation and protect jobs. Inflation is slowing, but millions of Americans are at risk of losing their jobs if the Fed keeps up with its extreme interest rate hikes. We expect to hear more of this kind of pressure from Congress as job losses start to materialize in the economic statistics. Historically, the stock market has often struggled in the one-month period prior to final hikes, but has posted strong gains following those final hikes. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and please be sure to reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.